Today we're going to continue in the book of Acts and we're going to be looking at Acts chapter number 13. We're going to be looking specifically at verse 13 through verse number 41. Now, let's just stop right here before we go any further and let me just tell you the significance of the text that we are about to read. If you will remember way back in Acts chapter number 7 and 8, we were introduced to a man named Saul of Tarsus. And you will remember that on the road to Damascus, the Lord Jesus just really got a hold of Saul of Tarsus' heart. He was the great persecutor of the church, the great enemy of the gospel, and Saul was converted to Christianity. And you will remember how he immediately began to proclaim in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. And the people, of course, the Bible says they were greatly perplexed at this. How is it that he is the one who used to say and uh, that, that Jesus isn't the Son of God and he's the one who was persecuting the church, but now he is become this great herald of the gospel. And of course, this is just an inward change. The Lord Jesus had done something great in his life. Just after that, Saul of Tarsus, his life is threatened after spending just a little bit of time there in Jerusalem. And the Bible says that he is sent off to Antioch or to back to Tarsus, his hometown. Later on, when word reaches the disciples in Jerusalem that God is doing a great work in Antioch, Barnabas would come and get him. And he would bring Saul of Tarsus to Antioch, where Saul and Barnabas together would minister in the church there in Antioch for over a year. And many people came to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was there in Antioch in chapter 13, just last week that we talked about, where the Bible tells us uh, that inside that church at Antioch were both Barnabas and the one that we know as Saul. Now here in the text in Acts chapter 13 in verse 9, we see this Saul of Tarsus is also called Paul. So from here forward, we're going to know him as the great apostle Paul, the one who ends up writing uh, at least 12 books of the New Testament. Some say 13 because of the book of Hebrews. Some believe that uh, he wrote that book, and I'm under that persuasion as well. So we have this man named Paul the apostle. And what we have in chapter 13 is the first recorded sermon of the Apostle Paul. Now before this, we've seen him in synagogues, we've seen him teaching, we've heard him say Jesus is the Son of God, but now we're going to have the first recorded sermon of the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts. And I want you to just listen to how the Bible reads. It says in verse 13, that Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. John, however, left them and went back to Jerusalem. This would be John Mark. And John Mark, of course, is the nephew of Barnabas. And he's also the writer of the Gospel of Mark. Uh, he wrote that after hearing the eyewitness testimony of Peter. But this John, John Mark, he goes back to Jerusalem. And we know that he goes back because he's actually homesick. He got off with Barnabas and Paul and he got a certain distance away from home. And uh, he started missing home. And so he goes back and later on, we're going to see a great dispute break out between Paul and Barnabas over John Mark and him accompanying them again. And then we actually see him mentioned at the end of 2 Timothy where Paul at the end of his life says that John Mark is profitable in ministry to him. Well, the Bible says that they continued their journey from Perga and they reached Antioch at Pisidia. Now, this is a different Antioch than the Antioch they've been preaching and teaching in and a different Antioch than the church at Antioch that sent them out. 
This is Antioch in Pisidia. And the Bible says that on the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and they sat down. This was the custom of Paul. He would go into these cities. He would find like-minded people in the synagogues, somewhere that he had a place where he could begin to teach and preach the gospel of Jesus using the Old Testament law. So he goes to the Sabbath, or he goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and in that place they encourage him. Uh, if you have any message of encouragement for the people, you can speak. And the Apostle Paul is going to take the opportunity. Listen to what he says. I'm just going to read this in its entirety uh, to you today, tomorrow. I've got three points at the end of this message that I want to really bring to you. But I just want you to hear the words of the Apostle Paul read today over you. Paul stood up and he motioned with his hand and he said, Men of Israel and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people, Israel, chose our ancestors and exalted the people during his stay in the land of Egypt and led them out of it with a mighty arm. And for about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness. Then after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave their land to them as an inheritance. And this all took about 450 years. And after this, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king, so God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And after removing him, he raised up David as their king and testified about him. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man loyal to me, who will carry out all my will. You'll notice how the apostle Paul is, is, is just coming to them, and he's speaking to them about things they know. These are Jewish people who know the Old Testament and he's walking them through Old Testament history. He's gone from Moses all the way down to David and listen to what he says in verse 23. He says, from this man's descendant, speaking of David, according to the promise, God brought the Savior Jesus to Israel. So he moves from David to Jesus. And remember that David had received a covenant that one in his line would sit on an everlasting throne. And so what Paul is doing is he's saying, you lift up David and you know who he is and you know the covenant that God made with him. Well, the one that was coming, the one who sits on the everlasting throne, Paul says, this is the man Jesus. He's the savior of Israel. And before he came to public attention, John had previously proclaimed the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And then... As John was completing his life's work, he said, Who do you think I am? I'm not the one. But look, someone is coming after me, and I'm not worthy to untie the sandals on his feet. So you notice he moves from David. He talks about Jesus. He goes directly into John the Baptist. Once again, one they would all recognize. And he says, Brothers, sons of Abraham's race, and those among you who fear God, the message of this salvation has been sent to us. For the residents of Jerusalem and their rulers, since they did not recognize him or voice or, or the voices of the prophets that are read every Sabbath, having fulfilled their words by condemning him. Though they found no grounds for the death penalty, they asked Pilate to have him killed. And when they had fulfilled all they had written about him, they took him down from the tree and put him in a tomb. But God raised him up from the dead. And he appeared for many days to those who came with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who were now his witnesses to the people. And we ourselves proclaim to you the good news of the promise 
that was made to our ancestors. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, by raising up Jesus as it is written in the second Psalm. You are my son. Today I've become your father. And since he raised him up from the dead, never to return to decay, he has spoken in this way. I will grant you the faithful covenant blessings made to David. Now we just stop right there for today and we'll go into the rest of this message tomorrow. But what I want you to see here just briefly before we close is notice how the apostle Paul, he has brought them through Old Testament history, meeting them on familiar grounds and territory. And he has lifted up Jesus and has proclaimed Claiming him as the savior of the Jewish people, indeed the savior of the whole world. And what I love about this message is once again to just contextually come to that place where you remember who it is who's speaking. The man who once did all he could to stifle the gospel and to stamp out any testimony of the resurrection of Jesus is now standing in a synagogue and himself proclaiming Jesus crucified, buried, resurrected, coming back, the Savior of all people. Isn't this amazing? Friends, this is a change that can only come through the Lord Jesus Christ. 